welcome to the PsychoWise podcast. We explore how women can expand in pleasure and wisdom spanning all cycles and seasons of womanhood. This is a body-centered approach to living where your body is your personal resource for you to live as the woman you came here to be. I'm Indigo Moon, and if you want to turn on your cyclic woman and wisdom, if you want to become untamed and awake to your own power, then join me as we dive into all areas of embodied soulful living. Today, we're two women at different points in our postpartum journey sitting down to talk about the greater season of life that is postpartum and how to navigate the other side of birth with gentleness. My guest today is Carla Muling, mother of two and doula from Bellingen, Australia. Carla and I connected through Instagram not long ago, but I first remember meeting her briefly at the farmer's market at her, I think, sauerkraut stall back when I also lived in Australia. So it feels like a funny turn of events that we're now sitting here to have our first real conversation. I love the respectful and loving approach Carla has towards the pregnancy, birth, and postpartum continuum. And there's been a bit of a revival in the birth world around understanding and honoring a new mother's need for support and restorative nourishment after birth, which is so amazing and so needed. And a lot of the time, this is often focusing on the first 40 days, which is such a crucial time to rest after birth. But what about postpartum care after those first six weeks? I think there's so much more to be said about the first year postpartum. There's this beautiful quote by Robin Lim that comes to mind, where she says, a mother is pregnant for nine months. She is postpartum for the rest of her life. Thank you for joining me, Carla. Thank you so much. I would love to just begin with kind of naming where you are in your cyclic season. So how many months postpartum are you and just how are you feeling at this time? What's present for you? Yeah, so I am about 10 and a half months postpartum. What's present for me at the moment is lots of inspiration and creative energy about what I want to offer in the world. My son's birth and the postpartum time, the first 40 days right up until now, the present day, has just been really inspiring for me to want to make a difference to the current paradigm. So it's really beautiful to be experiencing that creative energy and inspiration, but also I am acknowledging constantly needing to acknowledge the reality that is also in front of me, which is my healing from birth, being present with my son who really isn't going to be a baby for much longer. And also honouring the demands on me as a mother. Mm. The first year is especially demanding with the amount of breastfeeding, waking in the night and just how much my son needs my presence. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, when you're saying all those things, I feel like I'm resonating with so much of it. I'm five and a half months postpartum and I guess it feels beautiful when you're saying those things because then it feels like there's a lot of universal truth right to how we walk this journey postpartum even though there's a lot of individuality in how we experience it but yeah I feel so much of what you just shared (laughs) (laughs) I guess that going with what you shared about how like your son's birth has catapulted desire or creative energy around wanting to change the paradigm around birth and postpartum One thing that I think is that the inner energy we step into birth with and how we navigate the birthing of our baby, I think has a big impact on how we 
both prepare and also honor ourselves once we're postpartum. So I'm curious about how you've experienced, you have two children, um, older daughter and younger son, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm curious how your two different births affected the course of your postpartum healing in different ways, if you have any take on that. Um, yeah, it's funny. I actually, I feel so much that the postpartum, how that plays out depends on how we prepare for it. Mm. leading up to birth so my daughter's birth was an unplanned outcome where it was a planned home birth and I ended up in hospital with interventions and I had like a a very almost traumatic postpartum but I I think I would have had that anyway even if I had a good birth it wasn't related to the disappointing outcome it was just a matter of being unprepared unsupported yeah, and naive, I guess, being a first-time young mother. But my son's postpartum, like I had an incredible home birth with him that was everything I could have dreamed of. Mm. But also I put so much effort into my postpartum planning during the pregnancy, like even more possibly than what I did for the birth. Those first 40 days with my son were quite blissful and I feel like that's because the birth was it just played out to the complete physiological design and the hormone orchestration was perfect and so I was able to be in that bubble of bliss because I had organized the support as well but um, I think that the postpartum still would have been really amazing had I had maybe a different birth experience. Mm, yeah I hear that so for me I do feel there was a big thing in the energy of birth playing into the energy of postpartum but I totally hear how much it is about preparation because we also need something to lean on once we're postpartum it's not quite the time to start creating things because we're holding so much we're healing so we really need to set things in motion before and have postpartum care to lean on once we arrive there So it's such a crucial piece. Yeah, potentially prepare more than for the birth for the postpartum. I think it was a close tie. I don't really know what I prepared more for, birth or postpartum. Mm. Maybe it did fill up a little bit more time, but that was also because I've been in birth work, birth energy for so long. So that felt like it needed less attention. Whereas like postpartum is practical. You need some things ready for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Like it's not so much about dreaming and visioning. It's about organizing. Exactly. How was, so with your first, like, what was that? Like, what did you arrive to postpartum with? Was it a bit of a surprise? Like, had you had any conversations with your birth support around postpartum or what what did you arrive with? It was completely shocking to me being in postpartum, having a new baby to care for. I was in labour for three days, so I was completely exhausted, like the most exhausted I'd ever been. I had a dear sister who'd birthed three times before me. She came to live nearby to support me during that time and I also had a home birthing midwife, so I assumed between those two that my support was totally covered as well as my partner who had time off work but I was living in the bush and off grid and I didn't have a washing machine like a clothes washing machine and I had a few well-meaning friends mention like oh you might want to get that in place and I was like oh no like I love hand washing it's really beautiful and I had was pretty headstrong about my values around just living off grid and not using electricity and not spending money on new things and but really I think that decision is just so symbolic of my headspace and my naivety because what that meant was like my partner and my friend who was helping me out like yeah they were happy to take on the the washing of the nappies and everything for the first 
two weeks but then my friend had to go back to her life and my partner had to go to work and they were my only support I didn't have family around I didn't really organize beforehand to have community to come help I didn't even know that that was even a possibility I didn't know the immensity of the experience I also just didn't know that people are quite willing to help out a new mother so that was not accessible for me in my headspace yeah so then I ended up being two weeks postpartum still bleeding um, navigating breastfeeding and mastitis and then having to spend a couple of hours a day washing nappies and Mm. It was excruciating because not only was I having to carry around heavy buckets of water, but I was so frustrated at how I had to be washing these nappies and I wasn't able to enjoy my daughter, my brand new baby. Mm, I hear that. That's so much to be carrying in that early time. Did you have any sense that resting was really sort of the ideal thing or or did you have any kind of mental chatter around that you should be able to do this at this early stage you know how like our mental chatter can be so different around how much we allow ourselves to feel good about potentially resting but in that first postpartum with your daughter what was your mental state around what was happening and the amount of work that you were taking on Yeah, well, I certainly could feel in my body that that work wasn't right. And I guess I was a bit surprised. I thought maybe beforehand, before birth, that I didn't know how long I'd need to rest. And then all of this stuff in postpartum kind of just happened. And because I hadn't organised my support network, I felt as though there wasn't an option that it was on me. Yeah, so I kind of then when it was happening and it was in my body and I was carrying like heavy loads I was like oh this really doesn't feel right and I don't want to be doing this but I actually don't know what else to do and so I sort of trudged on and it certainly delayed my healing like it was like my daughter was two years old before I started to feel right in my pelvis right yeah So speak a little bit about that. Were you later on able to like bring in more support or what was your healing journey then with your first since you didn't have as much rest coming into place? Because I think it's such a key thing that I know for a lot of women I talk to, rest is still considered a bit of a luxury, even in postpartum, Mm. which often my hope is always that if we learn to work with our menstrual cycle and rest when we bleed, then I'm hoping that obviously there's a whole cultural aspect to how that's possible but my hope is that if we start to be more aware of our cycle our whole life then it'll be obvious that we need to rest when we're postpartum because it's such a big thing to give birth even a straightforward birth if there ever is one whatever you want to call (laughs) that right because it's a journey short or long you need to rest but I know for so many women, it feels like a luxury, probably simply because our cultural mindset about that is pretty warped. So what did your postpartum journey turn into with your first? Well, I feel like I was just playing catch up for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't, I guess because of our living situation, like we were 20 minutes away from the nearest town. And so even though I I just wanted someone to come over and wash the dishes or hold my baby so that I could have a nap or something like that, I just couldn't make it happen. Mm -hmm. So it didn't happen. I did get a washing machine maybe like three months down the track. We consulted with our landlord to put the infrastructure in place and just really like made sure that that happened so that was definitely a relief for me but I kind of just trudged on and then when my daughter was six months we 
went on a road trip to visit some friends that lived on an intentional community and just like arriving there on that first day was just like such it felt like a breath of fresh air and a relief we got there and my baby was picked up and passed from adult to adult and I was just like oh like she was so happy she's she was a very social baby and then someone cooked a big dinner for everyone and then someone else washed up and I was just like oh my gosh this feels so nice and so I guess at that six month mark we actually were only gonna stay for a few weeks and we ended up staying there long term but yeah at that six month mark I was like oh Maybe like this is my postpartum mm. starting over again. That's beautiful. Yeah. Like the yeah. idea that you can also, if you don't have that postpartum care initially, that also you can step back and actually orient where are you at, no matter how long postpartum you are. And what do you need? How has your healing been? Because also there can be, you know, one thing is organizing care, but then Sometimes birth outcomes can involve the NICU and um, hospital care and things that can so impact what's available. So there's something very beautiful about landing in no matter where you are, coming back to nourishing yourself postpartum right now and even with the idea of potentially starting over a little bit if you need it. Was that what you did or what was it like when you kind of oriented at that six-month mark towards a new or another arrival in postpartum with your daughter? Yeah, it definitely felt like there was now space for me to just turn towards rest and to just take things easier and um, I was able to start going to yoga classes and having like that me time. And also my daughter's sleeping patterns changed where I was getting more sleep at night. And I think it was about eight months where I started to stop feeling like a zombie mm-hmm. <laughs> and start feeling like a normal person or more like a normal person. Yeah, it. I think still though with my with the awareness that I was at, there probably could have been a lot more things I could have done to replenish myself, like with special herbs and maybe even supplements, that sort of thing. I was just really depleted for, like I said earlier on, like up to two years. Yeah. Which, of course, you could look at my initial postpartum period of six weeks and say, oh, well, that really didn't help. But also I just was never able to switch over into that mindset of fully prioritizing my wellness. Mm. I'm wondering if you feel what would have helped or like if it had been talked more about with your midwife, um, but you did have a postpartum plan in, in place, right? It just wasn't exactly what you needed, which I think a lot of women can can resonate with it's very hard to know in advance exactly what to put in place also because it's a bit counterculture in a way Mm. to generate some of these things like they might not be readily available community that brings over food or community that helps with washing and doing dishes and whatnot and an emotional support understanding the transition that it is to become a mother however that plays out do you feel there's anything that would have helped kind of if you remember back to the woman that arrived in motherhood with your daughter? What would she have needed? Or is it much bigger than like having that conversation with your midwife? Is it bigger on a more cultural level? I feel like she would have needed to start preparing for postpartum and motherhood a lot earlier than just when she got pregnant. I feel like she would have needed exposure to cultural ways that do really honour postpartum and honour nourishing the mother because I didn't have any exposure to that growing up. 
like my mother never talked about it. None of the women around me really talked about it. Postpartum care just really wasn't even a thing that I knew of when I was pregnant with my first child. So maybe even if I read a book about postpartum care rather than just books about birth preparation, I remember reading about parenting, but there wasn't any books that came to me that were about postpartum care. And my midwife, I feel like she didn't prepare me for it much. She didn't talk about it much, but also I think that's pretty standard for midwives and the midwife I had with my second child which I'd love to talk about at some point is very balanced with her care where postpartum is a huge ordeal and she does go all out like I feel like that that maiden that I was like I picked up on things here and there about rest rest is key in postpartum but that's where it ended. I didn't hear anything about therapies or nourishment or herbs or anything which I now see are actually so necessary for a successful recovery. Yeah, 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 you need very tangible nourishment and support in postpartum. It really it has to become practical and it has to become very real in supporting your body in that ever ongoing transition through definitely intensively your first postpartum year. But I think beyond, I really love the idea of starting to think a lot broader around mm. postpartum care, even though I guess it seems like we're only just starting to get a little bit more respect, at least in some corners for those first 40 days and maybe the the first trimester, but we can be ambitious (laughs) and go for the big nourishment. (laughs) I guess there's one thing before we go to your second and how um, the journey into that. I'm wondering, even before you embarked on your journey towards becoming a mother for a second time, Were you in a place where you just knew you had to do it differently the second time? Were there also any, like, trepidation around, like, can I do it another time? Or how will my healing be with two? Um, Like, I'm wondering what you're having gone through a, a challenging postpartum with your daughter. What were some of the things that were present for you before you embarked into your pregnancy with your son? Well, I think because I did have a significant age gap, my daughter was nearly four when I fell pregnant. I'd had all of those years to reflect on the postpartum and to see that it really didn't have to be that way and to see that the depleted mother I was could be put down to like my naivety around what's required in postpartum and also the way that we were living wasn't very comfortable or supportive. Mm. And I remember having that realisation pretty early on. Like I thought, oh, okay, if I want to live grassroots and not have a washing machine, I need to have a tribe here (laughs) to help me with this work and I don't have that. So by the time I got pregnant with my son, we were back living in town in like a normal modern house and so even just having that felt like a head start Mm -hmm. but I also knew that yeah I just wasn't going to let that happen again and so I was very even without planning a pregnancy I was already cultivating community and support around me just for being a mother of my four-year-old. It brings to mind, I've been thinking about more as I'm in my first year postpartum with my son, that saying that goes, we birth how we live. And I fought like through these months on the other side of the birth that we also postpartum how we live. (laughs) Some of these things are kind of bigger in the sense of like, sure, you can scrap together and prepare a lot of things in terms of like, having herbs ready, having, you know, tangible support that you move in and, 
you know, preparing some meals or like planning and thinking about what will it actually take for me to rest within the structure that is my life and the demands that I have. But there is, to me, also something bigger in that we do come to postpartum with how we live, who we are. And there are some bigger strands that need to be in place. And some of those are practical, like you speak beautifully to. And like we need a a physical platform in our life that can actually hold that. And some of those I also think are internally around receiving care, being able to receive care, being able to actually feel our bodies honoring our needs and all these things. But it just reminded me of what you said in that you were already setting up your life to be postpartum friendly, to be mother nourishing. And that was the foundation you walked into your second pregnancy. Yeah, definitely. Like so much has changed for both me and my partner since becoming parents. And there's been a lot of letting go of our ideals, like, for example, living off grid and doing things really grassroots. So we had to let go of that to really honour our needs as parents. And then we were certainly living that by the time we fell pregnant again. Yeah. So talk to me about your journey second time around, how you prepare differently. Did you actively seek out a midwife that had a different approach to postpartum? Was that a beginning place for you? No, I found the midwife based on our connection. And even though I knew that I was going to create an amazing supportive postpartum, I still was a bit surprised at just how solid her care was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually it blew me away so much, which is why I'm on this path now, because I feel like I finally like cracked the code of what postpartum care can be, which I think a lot of people would generally it would be considered a luxury but having experienced myself and experienced the I guess the effective healing I'm like oh no that's actually what all women really need yeah so tell us more about the postpartum code that you that you cracked I love that a revelation that really came (laughs) from from your own journey tell us more okay well I guess firstly I'll speak to the care that my midwife provided which was just so much presence and so much time being spent with the new family so she visited me day one day two day three and then every second day up until the 10th day and then she visited at least once a week up until six weeks but I think she had another birth around the six week mark so it ended up extending out to like eight weeks or something she just was so unconditional with her time and presence and like on each visit she came and she wouldn't leave until she felt that we'd covered everything that she knew I was comfortable that the dishes were washed the floor was swept Mm. (laughs) it was so inspiring but also she's put a lot of time over the years into studying postpartum therapies So she was preparing sits baths for me, yoni steams, moxa, like hot moxa boxes on the womb. She was making sure that I was having all of the right herbal teas and she did a placenta broth preparation for me. (laughs) Yum. (laughs) And then she does body work as well. She did it focuses on the pelvis area, but her postpartum body work is just gently encouraging the bones to move back from that really open position required for birth to, yeah, coming back into the, to a mother's body. Yeah. So it was just so lush, like being 
doted on and treated like a goddess. Yeah, and just all very relevant therapies for keeping the mother warm and warming the womb space and just the healing herbs and she's a bit of like a witch where she grows a lot of her herbs and makes her own herbal preparations which I could just feel the love in (laughs) emanating from them but she even makes like she made a motherwort tincture which she gave to me when I started to experience like some mood dips and then just holding space we just really got to unravel the birth together and listening and from like a non-judgmental space it was just like I just felt really witnessed as well as cared for Mm. that is so beautiful (laughs) I just felt my my body softened just hearing you speak about it (laughs) and just yeah I feel a lot of joy hearing it because it's just beautiful right and it just feels like the way it's meant to be and I think partly from a remembrance in a way because when we look across the postpartum traditions across the world they're they're very similar in their approach to postpartum and they're very physical in the sense of warmth body work care like the mother is actively lifted of course these postpartum traditions are lacking all over the world now so Mm -hmm. they're really a revival needed everywhere even in the places where these traditions used to be so much more encoded and living in their culture but that piece around the real physical care how important that is the body work the herbs like that there needs to be these other allies that are beyond rest like rest is pivotal in which way our postpartum goes but it's only one piece and having the physical care in terms of warmth and body work and someone else holding that for you are just so huge was it was it easy for you to receive it was it Was it a place to lean into in terms of, okay, so what I'm trying to phrase is that it sounds like your midwife did such a good job of walking into your home and holding the energy of that postpartum care, setting those things up, offering Mm. those things to you in terms of like, you didn't have to be asking, I'm assuming, or it sounds like from what you're sharing. And it sounds like there's a big piece to having a support person that's actively holding it, actively putting those physical pieces in place, which I think are very different from doing them yourself. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, my midwife is she's highly assertive in that postpartum time. Like, she says, I'm coming tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. And then she's there. And yeah, and she says, like, we're going to do I'm going to do this today and of course it's always consensual but um yeah she really makes it happen and she's probably learned that she does need to do that and she just believes in it so much and that's why she makes it happen and that's why she's so committed to that postpartum time and yeah I just I I definitely was surprised by it but I was also I think because of how much research and learning I'd done in the time leading up, I was like, okay, like this is what I need and I am ready to receive this. And and because, I mean, there was an obvious exchange there too with us paying for this service, even though I still feel it was priceless (laughs) and that I could have paid more. But, um, yeah, I, I think where I was at, I... I was so ready to receive and I was like it's almost like I was going back to my first postpartum and sending healing back to that time which there's actually also theories about how if a woman is cared for properly in her postpartum she can heal long-term ailments and issues which yeah I'm a big believer in that. But the support I received from my community, that really triggered my ability to receive. It 
it flexed my receiving muscles. Yeah, <laughs> love that. <laughs> Those are really important muscles to have. <laughs> yeah, as a mom, definitely. <laughs> I feel like just sort of emphasizing and pausing, especially if there's people listening that are on the, the end of birth workers or postpartum doulas, that that assertive energy also speaks to the inner work and the women's wisdom in which you walk into a room to support another woman, whether or not it's in birth or postpartum or really any other time. And I think being able to hold that and really know the cyclic energy and know how to step into a room to support a woman, depending on where she's at in that cycle, cyclic um, spectrum, is a really key place if you choose to do this type of work. Like it starts within and how you lift the energy, how you understand cyclic energy so you can lift a woman in that state and it goes beyond knowing the practices knowing how to make a yoni steam for a woman but really understanding how to lift her be assertive in a very loving way that meets the woman because Mm -hmm. she is in a season where she needs to be lifted she needs to be Mm -hmm. held in a very um i'm struggling to find the words because i don't want to say firm necessarily but in a very that real held way where you know she is snug in an energetic embrace in a way right yeah yeah totally and also it's very it's quite classic for mothers to when they're offered help to say oh no like it's okay and so I've noticed like in some of my training they'd say like you don't ask if they need anything like you don't say, oh, is there anything you need? You say, oh, um, I'm going to come over and wash dishes tomorrow. And so then it takes them out of that vulnerable space of having to ask for help. It's like identifying that they need help and then doing it because I think, yeah, it's pretty classic for a woman in that space to just say, oh, no, like it's okay and not really be assertive herself. Yeah, absolutely. That's so key. And especially because as a mother, you're already in, even in the early days where you might be resting, hopefully with your newborn, there's still a very active energy present because you're actively tending to your little baby. You're Mm -hmm. actively tuning into them. You're feeding them. You know, there's always a physicality to mothering, even when you're resting. So it's a completely different energy to kind of step back And that's where it can be really helpful to have someone that can intersect that energy of doing, even when it doesn't even look like doing because you're just lying down. (laughs) It makes me think as well about this intersection between self-care and community care in terms of postpartum, because I hear what an important piece your midwife held for you. And I also hear pieces around the work you did to receive that to give that to yourself and there are strands going into it in terms of like so much postpartum care I mean is ideally community care but I know for myself in my own postpartum journey I'm definitely along with my husband we're holding it together and it's very much me and him and including myself very strongly holding the torch up for the care that I need in my postpartum definitely leading it and my my husband is supporting it Mm. and I'm just curious about your experience around the pieces with your son's postpartum what pieces were you holding yourself what was your preparation for self-care where is self-care at now later and what pieces were community care Yeah, well, certainly because, um, like, the first six weeks were very, I was very deliberate about organising community care and and falling into that, fully, like, receiving it and accepting it. But the way that we're living um, meant that that community care wasn't sustainable, so... Like I organised for friends to come over and 
do chores and bring meals and all of that. And it pretty much lasted up till the end of that six weeks. And then my friends had to, yeah, go back to their own lives, which is totally understandable. And I was so grateful for everything that they gave to me. But from the six weeks on, I had to take charge of my self-care because for one, I wasn't having my daughter picked up and taken for play dates like anymore or even like I had to start doing her daycare drop-offs and that sort of thing. So I guess I just really had to, like I knew if I wanted to keep on top of my healing and keep my energy levels replenished that I needed to, yeah, really take charge of, I guess, of our routine and make sure that my self-care kept happening. Um, I really didn't feel at the end of that six weeks that I was ready to let go of all of the therapies that I'd been receiving in the early postpartum. I certainly wasn't ready to go back into a normal busy pace of life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it was just making sure I still had my baths regularly and used the body oils which I was massaging myself and I had a tear in the birth so I was still like looking after that scar healing up well and just like napping daily I just I knew that that in itself it was almost like there was something sacred about that and something that symbolized my commitment to myself to to keep going slow and to keep staying rested and to stay in healing mode Mm. yeah I think there's something so interesting about what can happen like when we focus on the first 40 days because we can bring in such vital initial healing and resting time but I also feel like can sometimes break an expectation that then at the six week mark then you're ready to go (laughs) when really it's you know it's much bigger and you've shared about this that at six weeks you didn't feel ready to start exercising and trying to jump into things and I was completely there as well with you like at six weeks it was like definitely a transition time or a different sort of season beginning but I was only just I was doing, you know, 42 days of rest. So when I was getting up, that was a new stage of still going very slow and still being, Mm -hmm. you know, vulnerable and still very open in my body in many ways, even with all the nourishment that there was. I think there can be a lot of expectation around this (laughs) six-week mark, which can make it sound like this, like as long as we do all these things, it'll only take this amount of time and then we should be ready And that's where I think it can be really nourishing to look broader, that healing takes time, which I think you share so beautifully about on your Instagram. And for me, it's been a really important thing to continue to remind myself of. Like my mental conversation has been to really look at the first year postpartum as a healing year. And who knows, maybe I'll, you know, be like taking my second year into that once I get it. I don't know. But that's kind of where I've been. But I've needed that. I've needed to come back again and again to that. I'm in a healing year. Also, because the different seasons in that first postpartum year, I've, I've found to be needing very different things. And I really can't really predict exactly what I'm needing. Like I can feel very different one month like at three months I felt different to four months at four months I felt different to five months right and it's a constant orienting to what it means to nourish and support myself while understanding that even though energy is picking up you're still healing you're still transforming you're still holding an incredible amount Mm. What was your, did you have a journey around this six-week mark or were you already prepared on that? Healing takes time. (laughs) Yeah, out of all the preparing that I did, I got to that six-week mark and I'm like a bit disappointed, like, oh, 
I've, I've done all of this intensive healing. Like I had this incredible care and why aren't I ready? Like, to go back into normal life. So, yeah, that was um, a pretty big thing for me to come to terms with, that I'm not ready and that that's okay and that this healing has to keep going on. But also um, I had a lot of emotional turmoil around that time because all of the beautiful support that I'd had just fell away like I said before, at at no one's fault, but just the fact that it wasn't sustainable for me to keep being mothered. (laughs) Yeah. Um, even though I, I longed for that. Um, like I don't have my parents living nearby or even my in-laws. Like, so I was really, I guess, mourning that mother figure for me. Yeah. Um, I also, because I started to have my daughter full-time again, like she came back into my sort of like full-time care and then I was like, oh, I'm, I actually don't know how to look after a baby and she was nearly five by then. I was like, I don't know how to look after a baby and a five-year-old at the same time and keep on top of the housework. Yeah. That was huge and I was like, I, yeah, so I went into a lot of grief I was grieving having a mentor to show me how to do it, how to be a mum of two. I was grieving not having helping hands around all of the time. Yeah, that was just, that was big and I had to do a lot of healing just around that Yeah, as well. And and also just to... um, to keep asking for help even though I thought I'd asked enough. Mm. That feels so important what you're speaking to, keep asking for help, but also that because there's such an emotional layer to being human (laughs) and perhaps especially (laughs) to being a human postpartum mother, um, that that whole emotional layer we haven't even touched so much on, but and it feels important to just emphasize for a moment here at the end that that's a whole that's a big piece of work to hold space for that nourishment too the emotional things that come up and and grief for a lot of women is a very active part of what it means to heal postpartum yeah definitely that's important work and that can be the care in and of itself sometimes to allow space for that grief mm-hmm. certainly not easy work but so yeah, important because it's not the grief isn't really a socially accepted part of postpartum. It's like, you know, postpartum, like you've you've met your, you've got your new baby and, you know, you've got this new life and all of those happy, joyful emotions are celebrated. And then maybe if there was like a traumatic birth or something, the grief might be a little bit more accepted. But for me, I... I felt like I was hitting my head against the wall. I'm like, oh, I've had a great birth. I had this amazing postpartum care and now I'm feeling grief. Like where did this come from? And I don't want to be experiencing this. And, um, yeah, so since then I have been, yeah, listening to more postpartum stories and grief actually is a very fitting emotion to be there for someone who's just gone through such a massive transition and who most often has left behind a part of themselves yeah as well as just opened themselves so much that it can be an opportunity for ancestral healing to occur as well absolutely yeah there's such a big space that opens through birth and postpartum and pregnancy I mean the whole the whole journey And it's so important to come back to that every emotion is valid and whatever you're feeling as you're walking postpartum, there's absolutely, you know, nothing wrong with that. And it is often just begins with needing more support than most women are given at this time, because we're also just like the physical load is not meant to be held alone. All those emotions are not meant to be held alone either. So Mm -hmm. talking to each other, sharing our stories is so important. And holding space, I think, really for 
the rainbow of emotions in postpartum. Like that there is space to be in full grief or anger or whatever might be present for you. And there's also space for pleasure and delight and ease. Like there's all of it. And most likely most mothers are, many mothers at least, probably experience all the emotions at different times <laughs> because we're never <laughs> just one thing, right? But um but holding space for that um, feels really important. Yeah, and I think that becoming a mother, like it amplifies all emotions. It's really quite remarkable and special how that happens. Mm. Mm. Now you're, you're 10 and a half months postpartum. What does postpartum care mean to you right now at this time to be caring for yourself, to be orienting towards your ongoing healing whatever that may mean whether it's physical or emotional or all of it well I really like what you said about keeping that first year as a dedicated healing year I feel like that's that's almost been a mantra of mine that I have to keep reminding myself of because not only am I dealing with society's expectations of what like a mother can be when her baby's a few months old but also my own like I was talking about in the early conversation about my own inspiration and creative drive but my body feels really good like my pelvis feels amazing and I'm strong and yeah I don't have any sort of ailments or niggles or anything there but it's my energy levels and my I guess even like my blood stores that I'm slowly recovering and so because of that yeah I do just need to keep life pretty simple in this first year to not take on too much more than just caring for my children and my household and caring for myself, making sure there's lots of open space just for resting and nurturing, like having baths and yoni steams and making sure I've got time to put on brews of tea and cook really nourishing food. One of my big self-care tools is that I really take my time to eat like I I try not to ever eat on the run which means that yeah a lot of time in the day needs to be dedicated to cooking and eating mm. yeah and I noticed like in the lockdown time that finished about a month ago for us here in Australia during that time I like my daughter who who had been at school for three days a week, she was home with me all of a sudden. And so that was usually, they were my quiet days, but also the days where I might get on top of the laundry or something. And so I just, in that lockdown, I, it was so much extra workload and I wasn't keeping on top of it. And I went straight into like mum guilt, mm. like, oh my God, why can't I do this? Like, what kind of mother am I? And then I was like, no, hang on, like I'm still in seven months postpartum. And I was like, no, I can't have these expectations on myself. They're so damaging and they're not really applicable <laughs> to me and my situation. And and then that became really soothing for me to keep coming back to that mantra of, yeah, this is my postpartum year and mm. gentleness be prioritized. Mm. Thank you for putting words to that. I hear so much respect and listening to yourself in all of that and continuing to come come back to that patient, gentle caring of yourself, um, which doesn't feel necessarily so straightforward, but you're putting words so beautifully and practically also to what that actually means. So it felt really um, powerful to hear that Good. Mm. <laughs> I guess to close then 
I'm wondering if there's anything that you've walked a, a journey from your first child's postpartum with your daughter that involved more challenges and some shock. And even though it also sounds like you did good in having some preparation, and then your second time around that involved so much more care and being lifted in your postpartum. So I guess having walked the journey you've had, is there anything that feels present for you to leave with the women listening? Yeah, I just really think that there needs to be so much more emphasis on postpartum as a crucial time to be receiving help, to be receiving nurturance, that once that's understood that there can be, I guess, more permission and motivation to plan for that time because you do need to get the structures in place beforehand so that you can just lean into that completely after the baby is born. At that time, the first 40 days, but also how you are in that first year, it determines your health for the next 40 years and your baby's health depends on your health. So really I just can't emphasise enough how important it is to really give much consideration to that time and um, there's some great resources that have emerged in the last few years like I love the book The Fourth Trimester by Kimberly and Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, I just like that book for me it just ticks all of the boxes it covers the preparation phase how to prepare emotionally physically what structures to have in place and then it also is your companion during the postpartum like it tells you like what's happening with your hormones what's happening with your womb your physical like the structure like how to be in that time like if when you can start exercising, what exercising, like breathing. Um, it really is all comprehensive and I do wish that I had that book the first time round. I think it might have made me a little bit more aware and considerate of postpartum. So that's a great place to start. But, yeah, also just listening to other women's stories and just like just as you would prepare for birth and asking women about their births, like ask about postpartum. And it's also can be quite powerful to know what your mother's experience was too because especially if they're going to be around and just sort of getting a sense for how the people around you are going to receive your postpartum but the most important thing is that you know what you need and you know what you want so that you can go for it and sort of drown out any negative influences. Yeah, absolutely. The power of women's stories. Such a big yeah. one. Do you want to share like where people can find you if they'd uh, love to hear more about everything you share around the pregnancy, birth and postpartum continuum? Yeah, sure. So um, at the moment, I'm only using the Instagram platform. And yeah, I share lots of, of my own story, but also, yeah, my values around birth and pregnancy and postpartum and just bringing more justice to those areas. Um, yeah, so my Instagram is traditional.healing. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I want to say thank you to those of you listening. I hope you're left with inspiration for supporting yourself and the new mothers in your community. The postpartum phase really deserves reverence. And it's something we definitely need to offer ourselves. But it's also something we have to do together. Shifting towards a way of living where we're supporting each other in community through the changing seasons and cycles of life. Making a meal for a new mother you know or simply acknowledging the bigness of her transition is a really good place to start. 
And if you ever think motherhood is in the cards for you, it's never too early to begin preparing in my world and start working with your menstrual cycle. Your menstrual cycle is your map for all the cycles that come through your whole life. So start there and also go find Carla on Instagram for more inspiration. She shares beautifully about her own journey and the wisdom she's gathered. And to get in touch with me, head over to my website at indigomoonanamark.com. And as always, the links will be in the show notes for you. Carla, thank you so much for being here. It's been really great hearing about your journey through your postpartum, through motherhood so far, and hearing how you showed up for yourself as a mother and woman, leading the way for your own healing and through that, standing strong in your family and community. So thank you for being on the podcast with me. Oh, thank you so much. It's an absolute honor. And thank you for hearing me. And yeah, it's just so wonderful to be having these conversations and to know that these conversations are going out into the world to really change the face of postpartum care. Mm, Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on this episode of PsychoWise. If you love this podcast, please spread the love by sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you tune in to the show. This is the most effective way of sharing this women's wisdom with more women in the world. We're so much stronger together. I'm Indigo Moon Inamark. Until next time, I'm sending you love from my inner woman to yours.